0: Well, hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I am Lou Gerlach with think chat. And I'm so excited to welcome you to the third episode of our series about the expert effect. I apologize for such a delay within this episode, but sometimes our personal lives take time away from our passion projects. And I hope to get back on track with this fabulous book in hopes to help you get connected with the expert effect inside of you. Something we investigated in this section was talking about experts, and our opening question made me ponder about how well we connect with others. So here's the question, what worked well for you and your students when learning from experts near and far? Hmm, this question made me me question, do I engage with experts near and far, or do I tend to rely upon the ones that are known within my community? I mean, I really enjoy engaging with others from my local area, but what are some of the benefits from engaging with others from different perspectives and ways of doing things? How might this enrich the learning experiences of our learners so they can develop international mindedness? And some of the ideas from our book club included expert talks, getting people from different cultures, occupations, and perspectives to share their ideas and stories with our learners, Field trips, go on physical and virtual field trips to enrich the learning experiences. There's nothing better than touching ideas that we find in a book. For me personally, I'll never forget um, uh, this week-long science camp in Heda Oman um, that I attended with my learners while living in Dubai. Um, we learned about life in the desert gps um different types of sports and building you know those bonds with our learners and i can't imagine what that must have been like for a child because it was pretty amazing for me as an adult because i got to tell spooky ghost stories and freak little girls out it was a fabulous and they all loved it and went hug me oh miss i think something's gonna come get me in the night and i'm like go to your cabin and enjoy (laughs) the best part of being a teacher right now let's think about our parent community we keep speaking about our parents but you know when we think about our parents it's because we know that they have a wealth of knowledge and depending on our culture though You may want to ask your parents to participate, but they might not want to. In fact, recently I was talking to um, a colleague that I've met online and she was saying in her culture where she works, the parents are saying, no, I don't want to do anything outside of school. Leave me alone. Um, But that's the nature of their culture and you have to respect that and that's okay. So thinking about that, there might also be parents who are hungry to get in the schools, but they're never afforded the opportunity. So, you know, it's a balance. So now let's think about a shout out and a name drop. As our conversations emerge, it was really interesting that our group kept going back to some experts that we've connected to as a teacher learner. And no surprise, Mac, oh, or as everyone else knows, Trevor McKenzie was kept popping up on this list because his ability to connect through social media via webinars and online workshops, um, his posts, title presentations, sketch notes, pictures, and more really share the story of his thinking and philosophy and approach to teaching and learning. But are there other people? Absolutely. There are people that have continuously inspired me as a, as a, teacher-learner, and one of my personal favorites is a published author of children's picture books, particularly for the early years. So if you teach upper grades, you might not know her books. Her name is Erin Dealey. She's an author of many wonderful books um, that I just absolutely adore, and I still share them with even my fifth graders, and they love them. And I connected with her back in the day <laughs> when there was no Zoom and there was Skype was the only game in town. She participated in Skype for Education, where one week in the year you could Skype um, with your uh, published author. And I signed up while I was living in Dubai. And what was magical is that Aaron was able to... Instead of talking to young learners, um, talking about her books, she flipped it for my fourth and fifth graders of looking at the process of writing and why does that process matter? How do you go from a seed story to a published piece of work? And she shared about her process and the frustration and the elation when uh, something came together and Aaron was so relatable that my reluctant writers were eager to get started once we ended the call. And recently we've reconnected via social media which brought back so many memories and it has actually sparked a love of writing for myself. Isn't that fabulous when it keeps, you know, feeding itself? But just like these fabulous uh, published authors, there are lesser known educators who've greatly impacted my thinking through their selfless sharing and interactions on social media. And here are a few names that um, you might want to connect with if you haven't already. So a person that I love is Levi Allison. On Twitter, his handle is at Levi, L-E-V-I underscore A-L-L-I-S-O-N 42. He is a fabulous connector of ideas and people. He's helped me to shape so many ideas uh, where we're bouncing off ideas to increase my understanding of transdisciplinary learning. But through the lens of a specialist teacher, he's a fantastic um, music teacher who specializes in making deep transdisciplinary connections. And he's always seeking ways to make those local and global connections through reflective practice. Another person that I follow is at a joy to teach. Amber Bernard is a dynamic first grade teacher who uses play to get her learners to connect to big ideas. I always enjoy reading her posts because they make me think deeper about the needs of younger learners. And her you know, her learning is always getting them connect to the bigger world, which is so necessarily when we're thinking about our younger learners. And last but not least is Bhavna Matthew. And her handle on Twitter is at M-A-T-H-E-W-B-H-A-V-N-A. And she inspires me to be more connected. She truly is a globally-minded educator that shares her passion through her book clubs, webinars, and tons of free materials. Her use of the UN Sustainable Development Goals is truly inspirational, and she helps her learners to make deeper connections to issues facing our global community. So now that we've had a chance to explore some Wonderful educators. Well, what do children need in order to be prepared to talk to experts? (sighs) We can't just throw them at them, right? Because then those experts never wanna engage with you again. So how do we prepare our learners for that experience? One possible way is to teach them how to ask a variety of open and closed questions. A tool that I really love, that I frequently use, as a trainer and as an educator, is the Wiederhol question matrix. I first saw it in a planning meeting uh, with my PYP coordinator in Dubai. And since then I've seen it in The Power of Inquiry um, in Kath Murdoch's book. And this guide, I've color coded it according to factual responses, conceptual and debatable, which aligns with the MYP. Hey, PYP and MYP together. I'm just saying. And so, if you want to try it out and see examples of how do you ask these open and closed questions, and what does that look like using this matrix, I've got you covered. Go over um, to my website, thinkchat2020.weebly.com, and you'll find a copy of it in um the guide called plan for inquiry plan for inquiry really important and you'll find your own copy when you see it it's a um a team planning at a table okay so whew, so much going on there my friends so with that being said what next what else can we do to help our students Well, that's really a wonderful question. And we continue to explore this idea of working with experts and talking with them through the Visible Thinking Routine Chalk Talk. So we're going to synthesize our thinking. um, And actually, we did it in breakout rooms. And this is the first time I've ever done it. And everyone looked at me very skeptically. And we utilized a Padlet to capture our thinking and it really went well. So if you're looking for something to do virtually, this is a wonderful routine. So the first question in Chalk Talk asks, what ideas come to mind when you consider this idea, question or problem? So thinking about talking with experts and going into the you know, global space. Here's what um, some of the um, book club members said. So one person said, first, Building note-taking capacity so they can capture their thinking. Important ideas, questions they want to ask. Hey, I think that loops back to what we were talking about earlier. Two, supporting students with being able to ask follow-up questions. Different types of questions. Three, using keen listening skills so they are attending to what the expert is saying and what other questions are being asked instead of waiting their turn to talk. Mmm. And that's what we do as adults naturally, but do we teach that to students? Under the same question, what ideas come to your mind when you consider, you know, talking to experts? This was something someone else said. Students are introduced to the topic, so students have a background knowledge. Um, Students have generated questions, and once they have generated the questions, to give to the expert ahead of time to guide the conversation. So now, what's really fascinating is now the interviewee has the questions so that they can ponder and be prepared. Love that. And the final point was at this point, does the expert get introduced to the student at the beginning um, to initiate inquiry, the end to validate inquiry, or in the middle to make sure inquiry doesn't go stagnant? So, where do we place um, the expert experience and that's a very good question and I think that's totally up to your learners I personally would put them in the middle because they do research on the topic they get excited and then once they've done the research they get a little bored and a little tired and doing an interview sparks it back up and then after the interview then they're going through the process of synthesizing. And when they get bored again, they're creating some sort of visual or artistic expression to show um, their thinking. So that might be a possibility. So now let's transition towards that second question in Chalk Talk. What connections can you make to others' responses? So here we go. We connect to active listening skills because it means we're not just waiting for our turn and talk. But truly listening to experts' ideas and our peers This is important to get our learners to connect each other with us and the experts they engage with. Totally agree with that. Activating prior knowledge is imperative before bringing in the expert. Before we bring somebody into our classroom, we need to know where our students are in their journey. Equally important, follow-up questions are extremely important, guiding students on the value and purpose of the follow-up questions. Love this. This is very mindfulness um, at its best, right? Because we're being mindful of where our students are and where they need to go. And the final question, what questions arise as you think about the ideas and consider the responses and comments of others? So this has been beautiful because they've been reading each other's responses on the Padlet. We use experts as part of the learning process and not as a provocation or reward for good learning love, love, love. We might use them in finding out and going further portion of the inquiry cycle. Love that too. Some questions we have, how do we know our learners are ready to engage with experts in the wider community? What is part of that success criteria? Wow, that, I mean, that's deep. And how do we know is that they're not, that they demonstrate, I personally think, is that they demonstrate. That they're ready they're not being foolish they're not being silly they're taking this in earnest before we release them to real life experts and the success criteria has to be i think co-created you can have that dialogue with students of okay what's this situation going to look like what needs to happen how do we know we're prepared how do we know we're ready for this experience have the students tell you and usually um they have full thoughts of what that looks like. And then you can add some items that they miss out on. I hope that answers your question. All right. So the final question that I'm going to leave with you is how do we create learning opportunities that focus on the empowerment of our learners instead of compliance? Empowerment instead of compliance. So that's something to use to think over. Until we meet next time, please join our next episode as we delve into pages 91 to 130 in the expert effect. It's been a pleasure as always to talk with you, and I hope you're reading this fabulous book and enjoying it as much as I am. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.